Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Bradley. Thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. We all know that climate change and climate reporting is a major issue for companies. And as society moves on and as uh, you know, countries like Australia and others start to set firmer targets on, on deadlines for the reduction of emissions, what companies do and what individuals do becomes more important. And one, there is an interesting uh, organisation, it's a startup called World Work for Climate, that looks at how you teach people to move more quickly towards getting some climate impact from what they do. Now, I'm talking with Lucy Piper, who's the director of Work for, Work for Climate, who's going to take us through what Work for Climate does what its objectives are, and, and what the ultimate goal is of, of all of their work. Lucy, thank you for joining me. It's great to be here, Tom. Thanks so much for having us on the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, now, there will be those who pick this podcast up who will wonder what the heck Work for Climate is. Can you explain what Work for Climate uh, is and how it came about? Sure. Okay, so Work for Climate is basically a platform that helps, it's solving two problems. It's on the first hand, helping corporations move faster on climate and achieve ambitious climate goals. And the other thing it's doing is helping individuals, individual employees take action on climate at work. Um, so, I came to this from the corporate sector. I'd worked in a job for, for almost a decade at a progressive business that were doing a lot of great stuff in the climate space. And I had learned that business really could be a force for good. And as I got older, specifically when I came back from maternity leave, which I think happens to a lot of people when they become parents, the urgency of the climate crisis was really galvanized inside me. And I just thought I have to do everything that I can to start solving this problem and um, took on the role at Work for Climate. And what we're trying to do is harness that energy of individuals like me, people who are feeling this urgency of, of climate and going to work every day. They're probably doing a lot in their personal lives uh, to reduce their impact and know that if their company was doing more, it would have a much bigger impact on the climate crisis. They're seeing the kids out at the school strikes, they kind of want to join in, but it's not really, it's not our movement. There's not really a movement for Gen X and, and older millennial professionals. And so Work for Climate is about harnessing that energy and helping individual employees almost turn their day job into solving the climate crisis. So things like if you're a marketing professional or you're a sales professional or you're a finance professional, what are those skills that you have in the workplace that can help your corporation achieve its climate goals? Um, one of the things that we've learned whilst we've been building this platform and, and creating tools to help companies move is that getting a corporation to decarbonize effectively is really complex. It takes a lot of resource, a lot of thinking. And at the moment, at the beginning of the journey, um, companies are putting a lot of pressure on sustainability teams and sustainability professionals to lead these very complex changes. But 
there are people inside businesses who are super smart who could be applying themselves to solving this problem. So Work for Climate is about plugging those people in from across all areas of the organization into solving uh, the decarbonization challenge within businesses. Um, things like switching to 100% renewable energy, for example, is one of the goals that we focus on at Work for Climate. So how can you as an individual help your corporation switch to 100% renewable energy? Or how can you as a professional help your company um, commit to an ambitious science-based target to get to net zero emissions, um, that kind of thing. So that's effectively the, the background of Work for Climate. Now, one of the interesting things over the years, and it probably is more relevant now than it you know, might have been way back when, um, is the whole concept of, don't sound kind of quaint when we're talking about saving the climate, but whole concept of the paper that suffers. Some people do it well, some people don't. In your discussions with, with, with people through the work of climate process, um, how do you, does that feature greatly in, in that? In fact, I've been a naughty boy, I've actually printed up the media release today. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm a little, I might be a little backward um, and need to take another three steps forward. However, how does that work in getting people focused? Because there are technological solutions that they can put in place. Have you had that discussion with, with people through Work for Life? Yeah, I think that one of the things that we've noticed is there are a lot of uh, positive signals that companies can act on, things like reducing their... Uh, paper usage or having keep cups, having green teams, doing having the right hygiene around recycling and minimizing waste, that kind of thing inside a business. And I think those are all great signals and get people, get employees, especially in the right mindset for broader sustainability. But with Work for Climate, we're actually hyper-focused on decarbonization and actually accelerating a corporate transition away from fossil fuels and into a renewable economy, if you like, and, and really trying to accelerate that transition to renewable energy. So all of those broader things and the broader technology available are fantastic for corporations and for that movement away from less sustainable, more wasteful activities. But what we try and focus on at Work for Climate is purely around that rapid transition into the renewable energy economy. So I mentioned before, one of our goals is switching to 100% renewable energy or committing to an ambitious net zero target. And I'm not talking about a broad 2050 commitment to net zero that is effectively being used by some corporations as greenwashing, I'm referring to ambitious, like a 2030, 2035 rapid acceleration away from fossil fuels. Um, the other things that we help businesses do is divest in some ways. So for example, switching their default superannuation um, funds into ethical or more progressive super funds that are not actively investing in fossil fuels. And the other area is corporate lobbying. So how are corporations 
using their voices, using their advocacy to lobby for proactive, positive climate policy. So Work for Climate is very much about getting into renewable energy, getting out of fossil fuels as fast as possible. I think that the global corporate sector contributes to something like 70% of global carbon emissions. And so Work for Climate really is on a mission to rapidly transition the entire global corporate sector out of fossil fuels as quickly as possible. How, um, I mean, the media release probably obviously mentions various companies and, and and how they sort of uh, are grappling with issues what are the what are the practical things that uh, people you're engaging with now uh, have either got in place or are putting in place to to manage the sort of decarbonisation process that's a great question and i think in our experience the people that we've spoken to so far across a variety of industries, it's a different answer for different businesses. Some businesses are quite progressive on their journey and already have a great picture of uh, their emissions, measuring their scope one, two, and even scope three emissions, whereas other businesses are at the very start of the journey. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we're trying to overcome at Work for Climate is helping individuals and companies figure out where they are on that journey and meeting them where they are and giving them the tools and the support to be able to figure out what their own framework is. Um, the thing that we start off by doing is pointing individuals in the direction of the right data that they need to gather, like giving them the questions to answer. For example, where where is our company currently at? If, if it's the example of switching to 100% renewable energy, for example, finding out how much energy do they currently use? Where do they currently source their energy? How much does it cost them? If they were to switch to renewable energy, would it be as simple as switching to green power or do they start to negotiate uh, power purchase agreements? And then we connect them with the experts faster than they would have if they hadn't come to the Work for Climate platform to, to find out these things. But the short answer to your question, Tom, is that Every business is in a finding themselves in a different place. And a lot of things come down to climate risk as well and how exposed a corporation is to future climate risk and how they are starting to measure, report on that and communicate that internally as well. How much of a company's progress is it reflecting on the, the examples you've seen to the to date? How much of that progress is um, a result of uh, environmental conservation or environmental pestering from, uh, if I can use that term, from institutional investors and other stakeholders? So you're getting a sense that there's a, a kind of a, a call and response thing going on here between uh, people who hold a large stake in companies and in the companies themselves wanting to make sure the, the investment stays with them? Mm, I think that it's a combination. Um, I would say that the majority of people who are switched on reading the news are aware that we are in a critical decade. 
for taking climate action. I think it's uh, I think that the pressure from investors is only going to increase on corporations. Mm -hmm. The pressure from employees is only going to increase. The pressure from consumers and customers is only going to increase. Corporations need to move. Individuals who sit on boards of corporations are not blind to the action that companies need to take. So I think that we are we're only moving in one direction. And to answer your question, Tom, I, I think that yes, outside pressure is driving companies to make change predominantly. But I think that as this gathers momentum, um, more and more things are going to come into play. This is going to start getting regulated. Businesses will have to move to net zero emissions, whether they move now or whether they move 30 years from now, this will become regulated. So um, I think that pressure will continue to increase. Yes. Uh, you mentioned the uh, earlier, and this, this is a point that, that resonates with me given my background into dealing with accounting and auditing and reporting. You mentioned that there are there are companies that are have got themselves to a point where they can measure their impact. In the conversations you have with people in business, are there times when they focus on the cost of setting the system up in order to capture the information they need to measure? Because as you transition um, from one form of energy to another and you're wanting to measure the impact, you've got to have a way of not only understanding the difference between point A and point B, but also how you, how you capture that information, your systems for regulatory reporting, for general reporting to, to stakeholders. Is cost of compliance something that comes up when you, when you talk to people? Uh, absolutely, yes. And I, I just want to say that was a really fascinating way to phrase that. Thank you, Tom. That's given me food, food for thought around that idea of moving from point A to point B. But yes, cost absolutely comes into everything. This is to do, this is business. So we're not talking about getting uh, purpose-led, purpose-beyond-profit businesses moving on stuff. We are talking about capitalist business institutions. The job is to put one like money in one side of the box and then more money comes out the other side of the box. So cost is always, always going to play a part. Um, with renewable energy long term, the cost is going to be beneficial to switch. Like there, there's volatility in energy prices at the moment. So locking in a PPA so that you know what your prices are for the next 10 years, that is yeah. only going to benefit your forecasting in the long term. And as the as the price of renewable energy comes down more and more rapidly, like long term, that is going to be better for business. In the short term, there are going to be varying levels of costs and there is always going to be pushback from certain areas of businesses when it means making short-term investment for longer-term gain. But I think that that tension is changing as more and more people are becoming aware of the fact that long term we don't have a choice. We've got to solve this problem. Um, when 
uh, you've seen the debate within the general community about transitioning from, as I say, point A to point B. Um, and it's it's kind of challenging to to get people to leave something they know, leave something they understand, leave something they believe is reliable, something that uh, uh, some of the commentators paint as being intermittent, unreliable, um, uh, not quite there technologically for, for to be um, able to service large industries. What uh, what is the resistance like within the people within the organisations you talk to uh, when different types of renewables are mentioned as opposed to doing things the old way? <laughs> mm. uh, well, the, the people that are generally reaching out to work for climate and using the tools and joining our community are very much on board with where renewable energy is at right now in terms of re reliability. And um, I think that in Australia specifically, a lot of the media is creating a narrative that is not necessarily correct. And so I think that some of, some of the population might be uh, hesitant and resisting the transition, but I think that we are in, we're living in a remarkable time. And not only do we get to be a part of the generation that transitions us from one industrial energy moment in time and catapults us into this kind of remarkable renewable energy moment, but we're also the generation that has lived through and experienced that transition to to digital technology. We all grew up in an analog in an analog world, and now the way that we live our lives in terms of this digital world that we live in is something that was unimaginable to us 20, 30, 40 years ago. So I think that there's power in that analogy when you're talking to people who are resisting this uh, pro progression into renewables. Mm. The and that's interesting. Now it, it's also a good point to sort of segue into where people learn more about work for climate because it's to most people it'll be a relatively new organisation. Uh, where can people go to learn more about what you do? Sure. We we are at workforclimate.org. So we're a not-for-profit. We're at .org. You can visit that site. We've just launched our brand-new renewables hub. We've got this hyper-focus on getting companies to switch to 100% renewable energy as we launch because we think that that's the fastest action that corporations can take to see impact almost immediately. So head to workforclimate.org, check out the Renewables Hub. We have access to our new Slack community where you can join up and learn from peers at other organizations who are trying to drive these initiatives because a lot of this work is can, be, can feel quite um, isolating if you're trying to drive change within an organization that perhaps is 
resisting change. It's great to have a network of people to reach out to across other organizations. The other thing is that every time a company goes through anything to do with decarbonization, it can feel like it's the first time a business has ever made these changes. But the reality is many businesses have done this and you can learn from other professionals in other organizations and in other industries. So head to workforclimate.org, join the community, check out the tools that we've got on there, the renewable energy playbook, um, and get in touch if you've got questions, want to reach out and learn some more. Lucy, that's a great way of wrapping up our conversation today. Uh, People can jump on to workforclimate.org and have a look at what Work for Climate uh, is actually doing and what it's all about. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much, Tom. Absolute pleasure.